Welcome to the 32nd episode of the Toledo Matters Podcast. With you today is the usual crew. You know who we are, so we're not going to go into it. But we do have some good beer, so we're going to cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Welcome back to the show. Today we have the guys from uh, Ernest Brew Works. I do brewery and tap room in South Toledo. Keith and Stott. Keith, and, Keith Snyder and Scott Yarnell. And I, I think it was pretty good. Uh, they brought some, some beers to share, which we're finishing right now as we're recording our intro. But uh, pretty dang good. Yeah, yeah it's good sure. stuff. So check them out. Gonna um, give gonna give the other breweries in town a run for their money. I think. Well, you know, it's good to have options. It's good to just Definitely. have. A, I would agree. It's nice to see the number of breweries in Toledo growing. That's, yeah, that's awesome. that's a good thing. So, uh, I guess last weekend was Thanksgiving. So uh, I'll tell you what I did. And we we were in uh, uh, Chicago at my in laws. We alternate every year where we go for Thanksgiving. This year was a uh, was a Chicago year, and it was it was a lot of fun. Very busy. Uh, the only problem was, uh, both my kids and me kind of ended up sick at the end of it. Mm. So we driving back was the car of plague. Oh, I had a, yuck. I think I had a fever and I definitely had gastrointestinal issues. So, <laughs> uh, <PMI. laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, and, and I'm still dealing with that stuff with my kids right now. So that's, that's fun. So I didn't even realize it was Thanksgiving last weekend cause I was, in the Christmas spirit with yeah, that you downtown guys, 419 trolley hop. Yep. You guys were having Ooh. a lot of fun. Why, why don't you tell us how that trolley thing went? So we went to the, me and Steph were on the 6 to 8 p.m. on Saturday, which mm-hmm. was the only one we could get tickets for because it out sold out so, so quickly. Quick. So. Oh, that's why we're bringing them back. I'll get to that in a sec. Though. Okay, good. So yeah, we got there at 6 and apparently everyone in this trolley had already gotten drunk. This was our first trolley of the night and they, everyone was <laughs> wasted. It was, it was awesome. awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good. I uh, drink responsibly. I did. We some were audio. driving everyone around. So I did some audio fun. engineering right off the bat on the trolley microphone yeah. and then became he, an instant celebrity with everyone on the trolley. <laughs> so uh, honestly, like Nate saved my night. So my job this whole weekend and the next few weekends will be to host those downtown trolley tours. Like we talked about and the, the, Friday went fine, no, no problems with the microphone and the music, but Saturday, the first ride, I kept getting feedback, kept getting feedback, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Luckily, we had an audio engineer, the audio engineer on board, so after the first stop, he was like, hey, hop on the trolley, let's figure this out. Figured it out, we got back on after stopping at the Cloister, and I said, hey, everyone, uh, let's give a big thank you to Nate for fixing the microphone, and everyone just starts chanting, Nate, right. Nate, <laughs> Nate, Nate, and it became a thing. It became it the thing. It became yeah. a thing. We stopped at the docks. And we got out, and I was like, yeah, that's our final stop, guys. And, like, three dudes just started going, Nate, Nate, <laughs> Nate. And it was it was awesome. It was a great time. Like, honestly, I think I posted and said the best thing that happened to Toledo since class. And I think it's true. <laughs> like, it was really fun. Not only were you on a trolley that's all lit and warm and comfortable. Did you say lit? That, that trolley that was a, lit. Is it a thing? Is yeah, that like, that's like that's a, a youngster thing? term. Okay. For but cool. was there a firkin? There was not a firkin. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah, but uh, but it was really fun. We stopped at we stopped at Black Oyster and had some drinks. We stopped at uh, the what was the Fleetwoods. Fleetwoods. Yep. So I mean, it was it was we really fun. Saw some Toledo Super resurgence cool. projects. Saw some historical cool sites. social media stops and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a great time. And we, even even Steph said that she had fun without me prompting Steph. her. So that's a big. If Steph said she had fun. It was awesome. <laughs> Low key, he walked up to me and said, "Hey, Steph's a little jealous at all the attention I'm getting right now." <laughs> she hates that. She hates when I'm being popular for being drunk. 
<laughs> we love you, Steph. <laughs> she doesn't listen. Yeah, no, just, yeah, we're good. What's going on in the 419 this weekend? This Friday and Saturday, Ernest Brewworks will be celebrating their grand opening. Uh, Join the team. They said they had seven beers on tap, and we've had quite a few. Maybe eight. Maybe yeah. eight. We've had quite a few, and they're pretty freaking good. Um, <laughs> and then also, since we had so much fun and so much demand for those trolleys, we're bringing them back this Saturday, the 3rd, next Friday, the 9th, the downtown 419 trolley hops going on again. Nice. Going to be bouncing around uh, distinct areas, the warehouse district, central business district. Same times. Yep, same times. Stopping at uh, the same breweries. We're getting some drink specials. Jute Mode's hooking it up with some swag bag. And where can people get tickets? Downtown419.com. And if, if you haven't seen this, uh, it's it's pretty f- amazing. And if you're listening to this, you should probably buy your tickets right when you hear this. Honestly, by Thursday, this will sell out. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't sell out again, and I don't have to make another it might not, Toledo Matters update. The next Saturday. But, uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, without further ado, guys, enjoy uh, the fellas from Ernest Brew Works. Cheers. Uh, with us today, we have Keith Snyder and Scott Yarnell of Ernest Beer Works. And, you know, you guys have day jobs, too. But Yeah, thanks for coming we're in, We're mostly guys. here to talk about beer, right? Yes, yes we are. <laughs> here to talk about beer. And what we do have is uh, beer. Yeah. To drink right. while we're talking about beer. Oh, we got beer to drink? Yeah, so yes. um, just just a real, real quick... Uh, you guys are opening a brewery in South Toledo. Well, we are officially open. You are officially um, open now. Yeah, we're a brewery Ooh, in the tap open. room. Okay. All right, congratulations. Uh, yeah, and uh, and so we're we're yeah, you have a grand opening coming up this Friday. Is yes, right? yeah, December second and third. It's our whole grand opening weekend, but we got the all clear and we're we're op- operating as of last uh, Wednesday. It was. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we'll talk about that. But in the meantime, I think Scott's going to have some sound effects for us here. This is the first on-air opening of Ernest Brew Works. It's Free Will, which is a session IPA. It comes in at 5%, and it's all late edition hops. And here comes the opening. Let's see how this works. Oh, oh right. That sounded pretty nice. good. It sounds like we have a Foley artist in here, but that was the real can. Okay, here's the porn. <laughs> He said, pour in, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Here you go. Oh, oh, thanks, Scott. Thank you. This is a big can. Yeah. yeah you guys were saying those are 32 ounces? Yes. It's a, a 32 ounce can. It's called a crowler. It's an abbreviation or a, what is it called? Uh, when you put two words together, uh, can growler. <laughs> can can growler. So okay. it's meant to be a growler alternative. These are filled off our draft system right when they're ordered. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, cool. Well, I, let, let's back up. A, well, first of all, cheers, guys. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I banged the mic. I, <laughs> I love when that happens. Yeah, cheers. You. The cheers. mic doesn't have a beer, Bob. Our first on air drinking. That's nice. That's good. I wish we could say the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. Wow. Now, full, full disclosure, I, I've had some beer made by Scott before because we, we serve on a board together, and you've treated us before. So I, yeah, I, I, I've always enjoyed your beer. So well, thank um, you. But let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Are you guys both from from Toledo? Or are you from elsewhere? What, what's your story? Let's start with you, Keith. You from Toledo? Um, I actually grew up in in the Perrysburg area, and then uh, for high school, I went to uh, St. Francis, and then followed up with uh, UT for two rounds of education there. Yeah. So yeah, the Greater Toledo area, living uh, Toledo, um, since two thousand and twelve. 
And full disclosure, Keith and I went to both high school and law school together. So, wow. Okay. <laughs> Kept running into each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, not yeah, happenstance, I guess. But and we work in the same building. Yeah, we're we're a oh, you're downtown. Of, I'm on the ninth floor. He's on the eighth floor of right Four Seagate. Yeah. Yeah. So your your day job is is you're you're an IP attorney, right? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. At Marshall and Melhorn. Is that intellectual property? Is that what IP stands for? Yes. yes. Cool. Yeah. We may need some of that at some point. <laughs> we don't have intellectual property. <laughs> and I know some people who get into IP, well, most people who get into that stuff have some sort of science background or, or engineering background or something like that. What about you? Yes, yeah. I'm a mechanical engineer um, as my undergraduate work, which has come in very handy with the brewery stuff. Lots of pumps. Understanding the process it involves a lot of you know transfer of fluids, uh, heating and cooling things. So it's been useful. Well, great. And then Scott, are you, are you from town? Are you from elsewhere? Mostly from here. Yeah. Uh, I was born at Toledo Hospital, and we lived the first five years in South Toledo, and then we moved to Napoleon, and that's where I graduated high school. And then I moved back up to Toledo and went to school and been living up in this area ever since. Yeah. And your day job when you're not brewing beer is what? I work a lot with Prometica repairing x-ray machines. Ooh, that sounds highly technical. <laughs> yeah, it is. And um, it's not very creative. There's only yeah. one way usually to fix the machine, and yeah. that's the way the company suggests you fix it. Yeah. And you got to buy their it, expensive part. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the most famous repair is rebooting it. Yeah. But I, that's what I like about brewing. It lets me get a little bit more creative. Yeah. So what did you go to school for that landed you in the x-ray repair business? Actually, I went to Owens for a two-year degree in uh, biomedical engineering, and oh, wow. I went to UT and got a degree in something. I, <laughs> I actually did like going to school and learning. So after I got my two-year degree and got my job, then I went to UT, and I sat down there, and I was told I just need a degree, and, you know, just have a four-year degree in something. Yeah. It doesn't matter what. And they, and they said, well, we'll take your money, and you can sit in class and keep taking classes until you graduate. So, cool. so how did... How did you guys start brewing beer? Like, where does that start for each of you? Well, I started 20 years ago or so. I lived in Rossford at the time, and there was a small home brew shop. And also at that time, I was working at the Andersons uh, in and around the beer that they had there. I was in the produce mm -hmm. area. But walking by there and always seeing the beers, I really got interested and started buying them and stuff. But then I, I, I thought these beers are getting kind of expensive, all these imports from Europe back then. So then I just started, I went in a home brew shop in Rossford. And uh, from there, they set me up, and I just started brewing. And yeah. knowing what I know now, I can't imagine that my first batches were any good. <laughs> I mean, it was well, that's usually awful. how it goes, right? Like you know, you, you get better over time with practice. Yes, right? and that's where I met Keith was through the home brew circles. We actually brought belonged to the same mm -hmm. home brew club, and that's where we met. We figured out that we lived close to each other, started driving together to the meetings, and started brewing together. Yeah, and then started throwing around an idea of open up a brewery. Yeah. Now, Keith, how how'd you get started with brewing beer? So uh, I started drinking craft beer back in, in in law school. Started getting into it pretty heavy to the point where it was affecting my uh, my uh, my disposable income. <laughs> and, uh, and so when I found out that people made similar beers at home, I started looking into that. Um, and uh, it progressed from there. I think one summer I didn't have much going on, so bought a kit and started making some beers and uh it didn't really take off as a as a big hobby for me until i got into the club because yeah. that was where uh i got to meet a lot of other home brewers got to bounce ideas off them techniques 
everything else and get very critical feedback as to what was going on with the process and my own beers. Now, now what is this club? What's it called? What's tell me about it. It's a homebrew club. Yeah, um, I mean, is there like a one well, club? It's, it's in very or? serious. We, we have meetings, <laughs> we have bylaws, we collect dues and uh, it is pretty serious. We actually meet once a month to glass city mashers. And then we try to get through the meeting as quick as possible so everyone can just socialize and talk about beer. Yeah. So it's called the Glass City Mashers? Yes. And so if somebody were interested, you know, to they're, they're new at brewing beer, they've been brewing beer on their own, and they want to start talking to people about it, how would they get involved? Um, there's uh, our primary uh, way of communicating with our members is via Facebook and email. Um we do have some promotional materials that are uh, displayed at Tickmeyer's, which is about the only store in the area that carries homebrew supplies in the immediate area. Yeah. Um, so we have some materials there about getting in contact with us, or you can find us on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's been a, a, a very good, you know, started off very humbly uh, in uh, Tom Schaefer's house. Tom Schaefer, the uh, CEO of Black Cloister. Yeah. Um, and then quickly grew to about 75 members. And wow. it's been hanging out about there. When did that start? In 2011. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so that's still kind of new. Yeah. And so if, if somebody, you know, it sounds like you guys kind of came at the homebrew through a little different methods. I, I mean, Scott, did you start with a kit? I know they sell those now. Do they sell those back then? or? Well, what I started out was, uh, I would hate to call it even a kit. Yeah. It's a single can of hopped extract. So you buy this can, you, you mix it with water, and I'm pretty sure you boil it for a little bit amount of time, even though there's really no need to, because knowing what I know now is, just, I mean, I guess it pasteurizes it, but it's coming out of a can. It should be yeah. bug-free. But but you just uh, had a little tiny package of yeast, and you put that in there, and that made beer. My I do like to say my first beer was a Pilsner Urquell. I was drinking 20 years ago, and I'm probably coming on 25 now maybe, there was only European beers you could find. I mean, the stores didn't really carry any craft beer. I didn't run across my first craft beer until the late 90s. Yeah. So uh, it was a very low-level kit. Now what they have is Brewer's Best. I actually teach in a class at Owens, and I just got sent the information today. It's in early January. It's going to be four four nights that I teach a, a Home Brewing 101. And what I recommend to use is the uh, Brewer's Best kits. They're put out of... Uh, uh, Kent, Ohio, L.D. Carlson puts these together, and uh, they're, these kits are great. If you follow the instructions and have good sanitation, you could brew award-winning beers. So you are teaching in college to brew beer. <laughs> well, it's an adult <laughs> enrichment course. <laughs> but, but some community colleges and four-year schools do have uh, brewing degrees. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. You can get a job with it, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So what led you guys to, to start uh, Ernest? Um... Well, I think both of us were sort of kicking the idea around in our in our head mm-hmm. the the whole time we were making our own beers, and especially once we got better at it. Um, but it's not uh, there's a lot there's a big difference between brewing it uh, commercially and brewing it at home. Right. How um, long have you guys been brewing? I'm, I've it's been eight years since I started. And okay. Scott's been uh, twenty years. Right on. <laughs> twenty years in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So twenty and eight years, and then you guys. Kicking, kicking the idea around. Yeah, about a little over two years ago, we started talking about uh, if we were to start a brewery, what would it look like? We started, mm-hmm. you know, the beginnings of uh, putting a business plan together, um, figuring out how much it would cost to do it and, you know, what, what the physical premises would be like, how big of a system it would be, um, mm-hmm. the, the specific business structure, 
um, that would allow us to, uh, you know, do our thing, you know, and we ended up choosing a, t- a tap room. With it, a, what is a tap room for folks who don't know? A tap room is a, uh, it's a portion of the brewery in which it's okay to serve the customers and sell to the customers beer that is brewed on site. Okay. So um, usually very cool. That's my preferred style, I think. Yeah, they've become very mm-hmm. popular. Um, states started amending their laws in the mm-hmm. late 80s to make uh, breweries with tap rooms a, a real thing. It followed in a, a brew pub movement that came out of England and got popular on the East Coast. Um, and then other states adopted similar uh, models to make the licensing available to make that happen. Yeah. It's pretty much the freshest way to drink beer, too, isn't it? Since it's right out of the like the vat. Well... Yes, it is about as fresh as you can get. I mean, what we really have is a, known as a manufacturing permit, an A1C, that's given to us by the state of Ohio. And a manufacturer's permit allows us to manufacture beer, but also we're allowed to distribute beer and serve on site for consumption and to go. And that's what these big cans are for is to go. But so think of us as a factory store. So we make the beer in the back, and we can only sell our own product. We can't sell anybody else's beer. Or so we can't ever have anybody in guest taps we can't do that and uh, of course we can't make any margaritas <laughs> <laughs> that's okay because you have great beer yeah. yes so how long did it take you guys when you're first starting out to get like your first recipe done how long is that process well that's that's not too bad it, it, it's hard to quantify it in a, in a short time period because uh every recipe that we brewed so far, well, except for the last one. So all the first eight beers we brewed were ones that we did as home brewers. Okay. And and all those eight were done at least once as a homebrew thing with Ernest Brewworks in mind because we put the business plan together a, a more than a year before we actually brewed our first commercial batch. So we were brewing on wow. purpose at home with uh, keeping track of the numbers and stuff because all these recipes are scalable up that we were going to do these commercial. In fact, the one we're drinking today... Free Will is a session IPA. This one, I think, was brewed during the earnest error that we put this recipe together knowing that we wanted to have a session IPA in our portfolio. So it's all late edition hops. I, I can't remember the hops, but it it's only a 5% IPA, which is a very low alcohol content for an IPA, but it comes off as a full-bodied IPA. I mean, you can get a lot of hops out of it. And it's a uh, uh, Founders has their all-day IPA. It's probably the most famous session mm-hmm. IPA, and that's what the, this one drinks, similar to that one. And so what's your goal to have how many lines of beer available at any one time at, at the brewery or tap room? Um, we set up our draft system for, for 12 lines. Yeah. Um, we'll be able to change that down the road if we need to, but 12 is a good starting point for a brewery of our size. Uh, it's, it's even actually a fair number of offerings compared to many small breweries. Um, and we have at our disposal you know, different tools to actually increase that number if needed. Um, we're tapping a firkin this weekend. A what? A firkin. A What's firkin? a firkin? <laughs> hey, hey, watch. Which is <laughs> it's a firkin. It's a uh, it's a it's it's a beer that is conditioned in the vessel it's served out of. So what that means is that huh. uh, before we clarify the beer and before we uh, carbonate it using uh, carbon dioxide, we split off a portion of the batch. We put it into the firkins and we give it some additional fermentable sugars. Um, whether it's the, the form of, of raw sugar or 
through fruits or there's even other methods you can add molasses all sorts of stuff you add a calibrated amount of that to the to the vessel and you seal it up for a, a predetermined amount of time and what that does is that generates carbon dioxide that carbonates the beer in the vessel and then when it comes time to serve it you cool it down and you tap it and you get the uh the real ale experience that is very common in uh in the uk and also in canada canada's get Canada. Canada's very good, popular. Good firkin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never never heard firkin before. That's, firkin's a yeah. great word. Yes. So it's a fun we, word to we say. have not tapped our firkin yet. Yeah. We're gonna do it in secret on <laughs> Thursday. Secret meaning we haven't really told too many people that we want to make it available. So just yeah. in case it doesn't taste very good, then we don't <laughs> so Keith and I will do that in the back room on Thursday. In fact, we're open on Thursday, but yeah. we'll do it before we open it and uh most every, everything else has turned out, so we have no reason to think this won't. But we're still gun shy on these ideas. It's not like we've done them before. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said you said Thursday. What time? <laughs> Four o'clock. We'll be open. Perfect. Yeah, so I guess we haven't talked about where where are you guys located? Yeah, cool. tell us about the space. Okay, we're in town, and you know the the physical address is forty three forty two South Detroit, um, and that is located mm-hmm. at the intersection of uh, Detroit and Burn. It is a uh, an older commercial building. It had uh, originally it was set up with street parking on Detroit, but since the original construction, Detroit has been widened, and uh, now all of our parking is in the back, which is also now our main entrance. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got about twenty four hundred square foot, and that's split pretty pretty evenly between the brew house area and the the tap room portion. That's awesome. I literally drive home right past there every day, so you may be seeing me quite a bit. <laughs> Great. Great. And when do you put, like, what are your hours or what do you intend your hours to be? Well, th- this week we'll be open Thursday at 4, and then Friday is our grand opening. We'll be open at 3 then and Saturday at noon. <clears throat> and our regular hours would be Wednesday from 4 to 10, Thursday 4 to 10, Friday 4 to 11, and then Saturday noon to uh, 11. Okay, so Wednesday through Saturday, it sounds like, yes, in yes. the afternoons. And the rest of the time is what we're going to need to uh, brew beer, keg beer, uh, yeah, sample the beer. Do your day jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah well, the day jobs, or at least on my end, uh, Keith is going to keep his for a while, but mine's, mine's fading away, so. Yeah. Is it is, is that it the your goal? goal? Yeah, are you guys both trying to trying to make this both of your day jobs? If it, if that well, works he's out? an IP lawyer. I yeah. mean, well, it's no, tough not to keep doing. I, that. I can speak for myself. I mean, what we got, what we created was a seven barrel brewery. To tell you what we created is a, is I was compare ourselves to Black Cloister. Black Cloister is a seven barrel brewery, and and if we could follow what they're doing for sales numbers, we'd be very happy. Awesome. They've only been open a, a year and a half. They got a dozen employees. So what they're doing with a dozen employees, we're trying to do with like Keith and I and and two other people. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there's right. A, there's a lot of work to do, but they're open seven six seven days a week. So right. So we're a little bit smaller than them on that aspect. Okay. Now, now one of the ways you guys have have tried to you know get funding and and, and get up and going is a Kickstarter, which I think is closing today as we're as we're recording this. So you guys are probably checking your phones, making yeah. see how those last <laughs> minute donations are. But can you tell me a little bit about how that experience has been? Um, yeah, Kickstarter's been um, been a pretty good experience so far. Um, it's it's a nice crowdsourced platform for raising funds for uh, your your cause, and in this case, is to help us tie up loose ends, um, make sure that all our bills are paid, and that we're comfortable as we open up, because we've we've stretched a lot of uh, limits 
to get the doors open, a lot yeah. of cost overruns. Yeah. Um, and this gives us a little bit of breathing room. At the same time, uh, everybody gets a little bit back. Um, we have uh, tiers that start at $10 and run all the way up to uh, 2500 and um did you get any 2500 no no, no we, bob it's, it's still open you want to <laughs> go open here, give me your phone i can uh pick it up for you I, I i'm in for a growler that's what i'm in for so great yeah a crowler yeah <laughs> that's cool all right and um I, I guess so what what kind of beers do you guys like like to drink like what's your well go let's to? take a break before we talk about that we're gonna open up go. hello beer here hello beer Hello Beer was inspired hello, by uh, a sign I saw in someone's yard. They had their own home business, and it said, Hello Computer. I'm like, well, they got Hello Computer. Shit, I can make a Hello Beer. And I, like uh, I, I thought Hello Kitty then. And then, so this is a beer that was developed, so much sense. developed from the name first. Yeah. So I saw Hello Beer, and I thought Hello Kitty. And then I thought, well, it's got to be a pink beer. And uh, then I thought Revolution makes this Rosa with uh, hibiscus. So so I thought, wow, that's a pretty good starting point. So this one's brewed with hibiscus. There's six pounds Whoa. in there, which is a lot for a seven barrel. Now, this is an audio experience, not a visual one, but th this is this looks like... It's porn pinkish. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of pinkish. Yeah. It's it's an interesting color. It's, for like beer. I said, this beer was developed from the name first. Yeah. Some beers are not. Some beers are like thinking, oh, well, we need a session IPA. What are we going to yeah. do? So we do that from a, a style first. And uh, some of them are, are just from like, well, you know, we like dark chocolate malts. What can we do with that? So there's there's all mm. kinds of ways we approach our, our beer development. Well, what do you guys like to drink? Like, it, what's your go-to... I, I really like to drink this kind of beer. Natty. <laughs> I, I guess I'm curious. That, that was not one of the brewers speaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I say this because, you know, I like maybe five, ten years ago, I was really into like really hoppy Ooh. IPA things, right? Yeah. Wow. And, and Hello, beer. my tastes <laughs> or whatever have kind of mellowed out, and I don't like the super hoppy stuff anymore, and I don't know. Have you guys experienced that, or, or am I just weird? I, I, I like to mix it up all the time. Yeah. Um, most of the new beers I get are probably at breweries. I just sort of plan trips around it. Um, I don't get out to uh, the stores to chase, you know, releases or anything like mm -hmm. that. So, you know, I, I do miss a lot of the, the more limited release beers. Um, but I, I tend to drink just a lot of uh, American craft brewers, small stuff. Um, I do love the hoppy beers. I do get to like the whole sour thing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Not too many bad ones out there <laughs> <laughs> from my perspective. You know, I, I'll drink just about anything you put in front of me. Yeah. How about you, Scott? I appreciate I'm still that. digging the IPAs. I'm yeah. all over the okay. IPAs. But I, I go back and forth at the, my actual brewery with my my favorite of the six beers that we currently have on tap. I am I'm on Easy now. Easy is a beer that we brewed. It actually took first place in the, as the homebrew version in the American light lager category, which would be Budweiser, Natty Light, Natty Light, Coors Light. Hey, see there you go, Danny. <laughs> yeah, yeah we actually fast. did bring some Easy, but. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but easy is a beer to be drank and forgotten. It's not a beer okay. to be fussed over and stuff. Yeah. And it's really coming go. along. It is hitting exactly the level we want now. You drink it. There's no aftertaste to it. It's just a nice, just a real pleasant beer. It's just easy to drink. What's yeah. the so alcohol percentage favorite. on that one? I think five two. Nice. Yeah. 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 So um, how about sourcing ingredients? Do you guys get whole hops from 
How, what do you do for that? Keith can know. tell a whole hop story. Oh, oh I want to hear it. Yeah. Right, right. We've only heard it once. Um, so, well, we, we've, we've had to set up a few suppliers. Um, fortunately, with the whole crafter movement in general, the, the in- ingredients are pretty readily available. That's good. Um, but some of the beers we like and wanted to brew uh, involve uh, getting a hold of hops that tend to be expensive. Um, Interesting. It yeah, you were talking double or sometimes even triple the price of what you might pay for very traditional hop varieties. Pricey hops. Yes, and uh, but that's what you got to do if, if if you want to bring the beer to uh, yeah, yeah. that and you want. Just the flavor that you go after with those. It has just the the flavor that you're looking yes, for. Yes, it's for almost brew. all uh, involved with the flavor and the aroma that okay. a beer gives. Okay. And those expensive ones are for pretty much the IPAs only. Um, other beers like the like the Hello beer um, required us to source uh, the hibiscus through uh, other means. You know our suppliers don't carry hibiscus, <laughs> so Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, two day delivery, man. Great. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then it's it's always uh, fun to work out the process of incorporating those oddball ingredients into the beer. I mean, one of our beers right now is sitting in the fermenter with a giant bag of toasted oak chips hanging inside of it. <laughs> oh, and 75 wow. cinnamon sticks. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, so nice. what's that beer? That sounds interesting. That one's a holiday spice wood. Oh, it's for Christmas. It's one that, that I brew for a long time. I, I live on Wildwood, and I've been living on Wildwood in South Toledo for uh, 10 years or so. But uh, uh, I don't know, maybe eight years ago, I created my own brewery in my basement, my own fantasy brewery. It was a Wildwood Brew House. I'm not that creative, so I lived in Wildwood, so it was sure, a Wildwood yeah. Brew House. Yeah. And I, I, I just started adding wood to my beers because of that. That was my only influence at wood. I thought, so if I'm going to call it Wildwood, I might as well add some wood. And, Mr. Uh, Woodcock over here likes this. <laughs> the wood, yeah. So I started adding wood to some of my beers, and I got the whole wood series. In fact, several of them are, are, are already in our rotation. <clears throat> But holiday spice wood is very spice forward. It's it's not your standard um, holiday beer that you can just drink two or three of. It's very uh, high alcohol and it's also very spice forward. I mean, the spices really hit you in the face. So it's the sort of thing you sip rather than gulp. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. That's what it's supposed to be. And <laughs> we're going to be having it out this weekend. We uh, I think was there a couple pounds of ginger in it. There was uh, allspice, nutmeg. Uh, what else? There's all kinds of. Was spice. there clove? No clove, but oh, but there was like thirty bags of this D90 sugar, which uh, any home brewer knows is this Belgian sugar. So they have thirty bags of that. Was a was quite a bit. Wow, it was a long brew day. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. you know, we like to brew beers that that uh, that people want. And fortunate, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of those tend to be higher alcohol or involve mm-hmm. a lar- large amount of hops. And these higher alcohol beers that we've been brewing, they just create a mess on brew day. <laughs> Everything gets horribly sticky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, things don't just mop up. Uh, it's it's Ugh. been it's it it's looking back on it. It's fun to think about it, but you know when it's like this is going to take me an extra hour and a half uh, to clean up. Yeah, it's yeah. not. So I, I have a friend who lives in Sylvania who has been trying. He's a homebrew guy, and uh, I, don't, I don't think he's part of your club. I should tell him about it. But he's been trying to grow his own hops in his backyard, and he's had this one vine going for as long <laughs> as I've known him. And it, the hops are like the tiniest little things. It, it keeps getting a little bit bigger every year, yeah. but he's never going to be able to make get enough for beer out of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Where do you oh. get hops from? Oh, well, well, Keith actually can speak on this. He was in the Blade maybe a year and a half ago on hops uh, in the uh, what? Se- what? Section? It was in the Peach. But yeah, but it was like the gardening person. Yeah, yeah. It was with the gardening people. Yeah, we we have you crossover have appeal. Yeah, yeah. I grow uh, three <laughs> different varieties at oh, home. Yeah. So how do you get them to grow? Because this guy, he just there's one vine that doesn't grow. You growing them indoor? Uh, no, no. You they don't work out indoor. Okay. Uh, they got to be outside. They got to get exposed to the uh, the weather. They need uh, those long sunlight days that you get in June. Mm-hmm. Um, they really need those. Uh, they like the abuse that the weather gives them, and they only grow within certain latitudes, and our area is within that latitude. So do they need a lot of water then? Maybe he's not watering them. Yeah, they, 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 I think they're in the shade. That's yeah, what that's, I think oh, is the problem. They need sun. They do need a fair amount of water, and they should be on the southward side facing of, of if, they're, if they're being grown near an, uh, you know, a building. Or okay, so they get that sun all day long. Yep, yep, okay. yep. He's going to have to move his plants, I think. <laughs> Well, do you guys have any like uh, plans going forward of, of, of beers that you don't currently have, but that you that you're like, oh, I can't wait to get this one <laughs> uh, up and running in the brewery? Yeah, yeah, one that we're looking forward to. Um, Size lit. It's uh, it's called Smokewood. It's one of ah. Scott's recipes, oh, and uh, when we test brewed this one back during the brewery planning phase, we were uh, we were blown away with how good it came out. Um, uh, it, we sent it off into competitions, and it went to uh, to nationals twice. Yes. Ooh. Now nationals. What, yeah, what is nationals? explain to me what nationals is? Well, did you go the to regionals first. Yes. Yeah, well, we took first yeah. place in the region. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it did. And uh, like, who organizes these yeah, competitions? How do you get into that? <laughs> it's called the uh, the American Homebrewers Association. It's okay. the umbrella group oh, that this is most very serious. most yes. homebrew. Are you giving away secrets? No. <laughs> <laughs> most homebrew clubs sort of uh, fall under the model of of being a AHA style club, and they hold this gigantic homebrew contest every year. And what are there? Maybe twelve or thirteen regional. Uh, yeah, there's over six thousand entries total. Yeah. Yeah, and so you pick a, a region, and and now they've got to the point where uh, it's a lottery system to get entries because wow. the there's too many entries, and they don't have enough judges to do this sheer number of beers. So you, you submit to the lottery, and then you'll likely get a couple entries. So you'll ship your beers off to one of the regional centers, and uh, if you... Uh, what do you got to be? You got to place first through third in your category to go. Yeah, on. then you go on to nationals. Then you go on to nationals, and so then. What category were you in? This was in specialty beer, wasn't it? Yeah, specialty beers. Yeah. What What are they? <laughs> specialty beers are generally are cover a, a huge variety of beers, but generally they uh, go after beers that have uh, untraditional ingredients. And in this case, for the Smokewood, this beer has uh, smoked malt in it which there are very few traditional styles that have smoked malt. It has doubled the amount normal people put in there. It's smoke forward. <laughs> and it, it also has chipotles, which are smoked peppers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which nice. is like triple the amount normal people put in there. Yeah. So, so does, it, does it have a spiciness to it, then? Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, as, it, as you finish uh, a sip, you, know, you get that residual pepper bite oh, that great. hangs out in your mouth, and it goes very well with the smoke. I've had a couple, like beers with different peppers in them and i tend to tend to like them because when you first taste it it's not spicy but it's got like an aftertaste that kind of gives you a little kick oh yeah 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 i like the peppers we have 
I have one in our portfolio. We actually have like 102 beers in this list, and yeah. some of them have been brewed, some have not. Some are just names. But there is a spicy blonde I've done before with peppercorns, and uh, I would like to brew that one. That That's really good, too. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, we have come to the part of the show where we like to play a little trivia with you. Okay. So the way this works is uh, we're going to ask three questions, easy, medium, hard, and then a bonus question, and they're all going to be about breweries and brewing stuff in Toledo. Uh, win or lose, you're going to go home with a couple prizes just for playing and entertaining us. Actual coffee sponsor prize. You are going to take home a Guatemala Finca Flor del Cafe. Lance, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but <laughs> this is a wonderful blend of sweet and smooth with notes of toffee, brown sugar, and baking spices, and a wonderful Toledo Matters coffee mug. So, you guys ready? Yes. Yes. We're ready. All right. I'm ready. Question number one. If I pull up my notes. What cornerstone to the early 1990s brewing industry was patented by Michael J. Owens in 1903? What, the automatic uh, bottle blowing machine? Good job. Hey, all nice. right. I went, for I went one. to Owens. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Named after Michael Owens, yeah. Question number two. To survive through the Prohibition area, beer companies and breweries sold what other items? Well, Stroh's made ice cream. And then uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon also went with this Blue Ribbon malt. And also there were some companies selling uh, uh, grape juice with warnings on there of the 12 there steps not to do to make wine. There we go. Yep, I had the grape juice. That's great. We, man, it's like a recipe, right? Yeah. Well, it was a warning. It was a warning. Like don't warning. do these steps do or these. you're going to make an illegal product. But go ahead and do that. <laughs> All, right. All right. Question number three. What brewery was started in 1838 and is claimed to be the second oldest business in Toledo? 1838? Yep, 1838. I don't know. Hubner? Three years after the Toledo War. What else is there besides what old breweries are there in Toledo? Is it still around now, Danny? No, it, well, kind of. What Buckeye Beer? What? Yeah. Oh Buckeye. wait. Really? Yeah, Buckeye Brewing Company. They opened, ah. closed in 1972. Miller bought them, and then uh, Mommy Bay eventually rebought the brand. And then, well, you already won, but uh, okay. For fun, the bonus on August 30th, 1972, Buckeye Brewing Company closed their doors for business. On that very same day, another local legend of downtown business closed their doors. It was a store. What was it? What date? Seventy-two. Uh, August thirtieth, nineteen seventy-two. Same day. I have the Blade article in front of me. <laughs> downtown business. Yep, downtown. Was it Titkeys? Nice. Well, they nice. caught on fire. That it's not the same as closing. <laughs> is it? Is it? They, they got them all, Danny. Yeah, they did. They nice. did amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you, you're one of the few guests who have got all four. So you're, we should start like a club. Like you guys and Romulus Durant are the only ones. I think. <laughs> right. well, we, we are Toledo thank proud. You, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Great job. Uh, and then one other thing we like to do uh, is ask you a, a simple question. Um, if there's for each of you, if, if there's some kind of hidden gem in Toledo or the Toledo area that you know about that you think more people need to know about, more people need to know about this place. What would it be? Obviously, it's Ernest Brewworks, but if well, you yeah, had a second yes, one. Yes, yes. Yeah, number two. I'm a little hungry right now, so... Uh, hey, food options are great. We like those. Yes. Um, I'm going to have to say Kango. Uh, yes. Sushi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I love Kango. Kango is you know, amazing. Every time I've been there, just just awesome. And I've done the omakase twice. Yeah. Nice. And you can't go wrong. What do you think of man. that? I've been wanting to do that. Is that pretty it's, awesome? It's totally worth it. Okay. I know that it's expensive, but, you know... 
Yeah, splurge get to once try in a, a bunch of different stuff. And oh yeah, because you get so many off-menu mm-hmm. items. Right, that it, it, it's just totally worth it. I think cool. that's the best restaurant in Toledo. That place is so amazing. It is. It's pretty good yeah. for sure. Oh, you got that? For me, I'm also hungry, and I was going to go with food. Uh, Toledo. It, when you food. travel out of this area, you realize that Middle Eastern food, to get grape leaves, to yeah. get hummus or baba ganoush, you just can't find it anywhere. In Toledo, it seems like any little tiny restaurant or whatever it is, they, they have that stuff, and, and it's really good. So I really appreciate all the, I don't know, they're called Mediterranean, Lebanese, so just, whatever. just the yeah. Lebanese restaurants in the, general. The, and yeah. Tiger Bakery. I think they, they oh, for yeah. me, their baba ganoush is the best. It's got okay. a lot of smokiness to it. I, just love I, I should uh, do a beer pairing around around that Baba Ganoush. Yeah, yeah. now you're they're, talking. They're just nice and quick too. They're all pretty much prepared. You can go in there and yes. spend yes. six bucks and get a nice meal real quick. They're yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. So do you guys want to talk a little bit more real quick before we we go about what's going on with your grand opening? What what people can just kind can of come go and over see the details again one more time on. for everybody. So our our grand opening is uh, December second and third. You know we're we're rolling out uh, pretty strong for a brewery. We got we got we're gonna have seven beers on by this weekend, possibly eight. And then we're also going to have the firkin. Um, nice. The well, firkin. I'm definitely going to try the firkin. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that'll be being served up. Um, Friday, we've got a wood-fired pizza truck coming out. Ooh. What? Nice. Yeah, yeah, he actually gets the fire started uh, before he drives pe- down the road oh. with this thing. So I don't know. So, so oh, yeah. If you see a that trailer, sounds dangerous. If you see a trailer driving down the road on Anthony Way Trail and it's smoking, that's our pizza guy. Awesome. So, yeah, we're... we're, we're Planning on a, a great weekend <laughs> if you want to stop out and try them. Our flights have been very popular at our at our soft events. Um, cool. And we're getting five more. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Five more flights. We've been running out of uh, We only paddles. had five. Now we're getting five more. Oh, oh like, like, like the pails that you put yeah. the flights in. Yeah, so, so do those have all eight of the beers on the flights then, or is it like a five? <laughs> well, they hold six right now. Okay. Um, we only have six beers. Oh, yeah, right now we have eight. six. Yeah, so, so it's been it working out. out. But Perfect. now people are going to make a decision on who yeah. they like. Right, you know, push off. <laughs> <laughs> and all of our our flight pricing is done a la carte, so you don't pay for something you're not going to drink. You only get what you want. Okay, yeah. very cool. Yeah. So nice. you know, you you come in, and if you only want three of the little beers, that's all you pay for. Awesome. Or if you want every single one on the menu, you can. That yeah. has worked out too. <laughs> that's nice. You don't usually see that. Usually, you do have to like. Well, I don't really like this beer, but I've got to order five, so I yeah. guess I'm going to have to yeah. stomach it anyways. That's good. Very cool. Well, guys, thanks a lot, and, and best of luck. Thank you so much. I think we're all going to have to make a Thank stop. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Pretty yeah. Soon I think you'll be seeing us plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for the 32nd episode of the Toledo Matters podcast, and we will catch you next time. Danny, uh, take us away. For more information on Keith, Stott, and Ernest Brewworks, head over to ernestbrewworks.com or stop in to their grand opening this Friday. Thank you to Waveflow Media. Toledo Matters is always recorded out of the magnificent studios of Waveflow Media. A big thank you to Toledo Matters trivia prize sponsor, Actual Coffee. Another thank you to our fabulous designer. Our logo, cover photos, and much of everything else visual you see for Toledo Matters comes from Jacob Parr. For more of his work, check out jacobparr.design. And you can always get more information about this show and a map of the hidden gems our guests have mentioned at toledomatters.com. Bang, bang, shots! And thank you, Toledo, for tuning in and making Toledo matter. Until next time, we wish you well.